0: Today, Pastor Trent Griffiths shoots straight about parenting. He says it's important to have the right perspective. Our culture does not treat children
1: as if they are a blessing. Our culture treats children as if they are a bother. And that's one of the reasons that we don't do a good job parenting is because we don't really understand what God is doing in giving us this blessing in our children. God says children are a blessing. We receive what God graciously
0: gives to us as a blessing. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. I don't know if you've experienced this, but here's my brilliant observation. Parenting is one of those areas of life in which everyone, and I mean everyone, is an expert. Everybody has an opinion about how everybody else should raise their kids. If you had a room full of 100 people and you asked them what good parenting looks like, I bet you get 150 different ideas. That's why it's so important to hear from God about the best way to raise our children. His is the only opinion that really matters, isn't it? Today, Trent Griffith is starting a brand new series he calls Shooting Straight About Parenting. And like I mentioned a moment ago, it starts with viewing children from God's perspective. Let's listen to Pastor Trent.
1: Open your Bibles to Psalm 127. Today we're launching a brand new, sermon series it's called shooting straight about parenting would you allow me to shoot straight with you can i do some straight shooting with you you say i've been coming you're gonna do that anyway you're letting my permission yeah right but if you will allow me to shoot straight with you about parenting i believe i can help you shoot straight as a parent And we're going to find out from Psalm 127 that shooting straight is actually the job description of a parent. So we're going to be shooting straight about parenting. You may wonder, like, well, I don't know if this really applies to me. Some of you are saying, I'm not a parent. This doesn't apply to me. Hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let me me just show you why we're doing this series, okay? If you have at least one parent, raise your hand. (laughs) Okay, so you're all products of parenting, right? How many of you wish your parents could have gotten a little training and help on parenting when you were about five or 13? How many of you made their lives miserable when you were 13? If you ever were 13, just go ahead and raise your hand. You were miserable. And so they were too. So we're gonna learn about how as a body to do some parenting. Let me show you another reason we're doing this. We teach the Bible around here. And so do you know, it's almost impossible, possible to open a page of your Bible and not find something about a father-son relationship. God is a father, and and all the dysfunction of the family and parents in the Old Testament. It's like, it's just, it's a train wreck in a lot of places, and yet there's a lot of things that we can glean, because we teach the Bible around here. That's why we do this. And let me say this. I know that there's a group of people here, too, that you're already kind of feeling, a struggle right now, because you want to have children But for whatever reason, biologically, God has not made that possible. And I just want you to know that as a church, our heart goes out to you. And I know that this may be difficult as you see all these babies around here. And you may have questions about why isn't God giving me some of that? Listen, that's the reason we really want to surround you. We have a support group for couples that face infertility. It meets once a month. And if you like some information, they meet on a Monday night, call the church office. We'd love to connect you with that group. And uh, we want you to feel supported as well. Some of you that stood earlier, you have some prodigal children, and you don't even know where your children are, and yet you know that wherever they are, they're very far from God. And uh, we carry a heart for you, too. Some of the most often repeated prayer requests that show up on the register every week are, pray for my children. They're far from God. So maybe if you'd known then what you know now or what you're about to learn in this series, you would have done things differently. Listen, there is no shame. There's a Lot of cause for humility but no shame for a gospel centered people because we bring all of that hurt and all of that dysfunction and all that failure under the lordship of Jesus Christ who redeems all of the brokenness that we bring to him in our parenting there are some kids of parents here they're usually seated over here in this section here and they are in they will be in a 24hour prayer for the next four weeks for their parents to f- get fixed uh, because they, they would like for you to be a better parent. So that's why we do this as well. And so there are, there's another group of people here. You are able to have children, but you won't. What's up with that? Because I mean, you open the first page of your Bible and you're slapped in the face with this command by God. Genesis 128, God blessed them and God said to them, this is not a suggestion, it's a command, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Now, some of you are taking that really seriously. You're like, you thought that that was like just for your family, okay? So it's collectively, you don't have to do that alone, all right? So um, that's okay, that's great. And listen, you don't get brownie points in heaven for having a lot of kids. Our goal is not to have a lot of kids and fill the earth. The goal is to fill the earth with the glory of God that radiates from godly kids. That's more the goal. Somebody shared this verse with me like long before I ever had kids, long before I was ever married. And they said, you see the word multiply there? If you remember back to your algebra class, um, you haven't multiplied until you've got four. The two of you make four. That's multiplication. Addition would be like three. You haven't even... You get to ground zero with two. Now... I'm not saying that. That's what the guy said to me. I have four biological children. And uh, we added one just for fun on the end, you know? So, anyway, no, I'm not telling you the, the right number of children. I'm just saying, hey, if you're able to have kids, you should have them. And if you are a Christian, You should have a heart for kids, whether you're able to or not, or whatever age you're at, or whether you're married. Jesus has a heart for kids. God is known as a father. And so we should embrace the heart of God for our children. Another reason we're doing this series is because we are a disciple-making church. Parents, please hear me. It is not the job of the church to make disciples of your children. It is the responsibility of the church to make disciples of you. So that you, as a disciple of Jesus, can make disciples of your children. It's on you. And so we are making parents into disciples of Jesus over the next weeks. There's another reason that we're doing this series. And this is an often repeated conversation between Andrea and me. Sometimes we just look at each other and we scrunch up our eyebrows and we look like, I wonder why. The older generation is not investing more in the younger generations of parents. There are some of you that have so much to offer and you saw these couples and these families stand earlier. Did you see how desperate the look was in their eyes? They need help and it's the responsibility of the older generation to teach the younger how to love and to train their children and so You should be doing that as a disciple maker. That's what we do around here is the body of Christ. But there's even a more curious question. Sometimes Andrea and I are really surprised at how little the younger generation of parents seeks the counsel and the advice of the older generation. It's the most awkward conversation for the older generation, i kind of now in that category a little bit, and you see some things that are going on with some parents that you're just like, oh. <laughs> if, they, if they would just, just, it wouldn't take much just to, you, could, you, would be, you would get more, but it's so, you can't really go up and say, hey, could I give you a little parenting advice? Because what they hear is, you are a loser as a parent. So it's the most awkward conversation. So if you are of the younger generation, do what Andrea and I did after we had a couple of kids and realized how Twisted they were. We knocked the door down of every person that we saw that had some children that were even moderately godly. We would say, "How do you get one of those? What do you say? How do you train them? What do you do when you don't know what to do?" I mean, we, I mean, we knocked the doors down of the St. Clairs and the Davises and the Kimmels. I remember one time, Andrea and I, we we had this weird opportunity. We were st- we were in Disneyland with Tim Kimmel, who is the author of a great set of parenting books called Grace-Based Parenting. And it was at the point where Brooke and Zach, 14 and 13 year olds were losing their minds. And we we're like, oh, I'm losing my mind. And I'm either, they're going to end up in jail or we're going to end up in jail because we murder them. I don't know, but something has to change. And we're just pouring our heart out, standing in line at Disneyland like, Tim, what do we do? And he just smiled. You know, he was, he'd made it through that season. It's going to be okay. You're doing the right things. And sometimes you just need people to wrap their arms around you and say, it's going to be okay. Sometimes Sometimes you need people to say, hey, you're not like that, like this. Oh, I didn't know that was possible. But you ask the younger generation of parents now, and they're like, no, we, we Googled it. <laughs> and you've got a whole body of people that would love to pour into you if you would simply ask. I would suggest that. And listen, as we get into this series, let me say this. I, I know it's taking me a while to get to the scripture. I'm going to get there. You know I am. Um, I'm not a perfect parent and my kids aren't perfect kids. All five of my kids are in church today, and they've all been staring at me throughout the services. And so as I'm going through these principles on parenting, I know what they're gonna be sitting there doing. They're gonna be grading like, well, why didn't you do that? You know, why don't you start that? You know, it's like, so I'm feeling a little pressure. I have a little grace for pastor dad up here this morning. And hey, how about a little grace for pastor's kids because they're under the microscope and it's like, well, hey, are your kids doing this and all that? And listen, you understand the devil is not happy that I'm shooting straight about parenting. And he would love to take out one of my kids in the process to discredit what I'm telling you you ought to do as a parent. So would you pray for my family during this series? All right, you remember how I told you I used to travel from church to church to church for 15 years, we did that. So we raised our children on the road, on a church parking lot, living in an RV. It explains a lot about our family. But when we would go to these churches, the churches were gracious and they would provide lunch and dinner for our family. Okay, so for 15 years, as my children are growing up, every lunch and dinner, was on display in front of the church. Now, what if we had videotape of everything that happened at your lunch table and your dinner table as you were raising your children? Would you be ready to quit or just think I'll fast for a week? You know, it's like I, that's that's where some of the dysfunction is exposed right there. And I, when we traveled, I used to teach this six-hour, all-day Saturday parenting series. So you know, come and here's how to. You know, shape the heart of your kid, and here's how to produce a compliant, obedient, happy hearted child, and and here's how to discipline, and all these different things. And I remember I did that in one church at the end of six hours, I was exhausted, but I was feeling really great. I'd just invested in these parents and they'd received it and they'd been taking notes. I'm like, okay, that's a great investment. And I remember finally at the end of the day, walking out of the church and the church we were in had a gravel parking lot, kind of like our parking lot over here, except it was fresh gravel. And the aggregate that they used was like these big white chalky stones. And it had just been freshly laid. And so the chalk hasn't all, the dust hasn't all settled on that. So I walk out of the six-hour parenting seminar, I look across the parking lot. Brooke, who is four, Zach, who is three, are picking up these boulders. They look like boulders in their four-year-old hands, and they are launching them across the parking lot, and they are landing on top of the pastor's blue Buick. (laughs) These stones just go. The powder is there's a there's a cloud around the blue Buick because they're just and so all these parents, these hundred parents, are walking out like whose kids are those? Yeah, the guy that was just teaching you how to prevent that so anyway we so we're all we've all messed this up okay so I want you to know that this is a place of grace and if I do my job right you do your job right you are going to hear the gospel and our goal is to become gospel centered parents so what does that mean finally we are into the scripture somebody should have already tackled me and pulled me off the stage because I haven't read the Bible yet now, notice when you read a psalm, you don't start with the one. You start with the title that's inspired to before the one. And this is what it says. A song of ascents of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is Vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who's, who fills his with them. He will not be put to shame when He speaks with His enemies in the gate. We're going to use those five verses over the next weeks to let God speak to us about our parenting. First of all, notice that this is a song. These are song lyrics. Now, this was an actual song that was sung. We don't have the melody and we don't have the rhythm, but we do have the lyrics preserved for us, inspired by God to talk to us about our parenting. It's a song of a sense. What does that mean? Well, you understand that annually... Families would take a journey to the place of worship in Jerusalem for a feast, a festival, the place of sacrifice, to offer offerings, to pay vows. And it was an annual journey. And so, along the journey, it was a grueling journey. It's like through a desert, up a hill. It's a song of ascents. What made it easier to take the next step? In the grueling heat and the rocky terrain, all the way to Jerusalem, is that they sang along the way to get to the place of worship. And one of the songs that they sang in the journey is what we have here in Psalm 127. And it was a way for a family to shape its identity. It It was a way for one generation to pass on gospel truth to the next generation. And so they would sing these songs together because it made made it easier to take the next step. It was it was a way of saying this is our family identity, this is these are our core values, these are our guiding principles, and this is what the Lord has called us to do. You know, it's the same way that you packed the minivan and came to church today. You you all piled in the minivan and, and you all sang happily on your way to church or not. But that'd be a goal for next week. You just try that, and it would help you get to the place of worship. And that's what was happening here. Now, notice who it's written by. It's written by Solomon. Now, we know a lot about Solomon. He was the son of David, and he had two sons that split the kingdom. It didn't end well for him. But he had a lot to say about parenting. I believe Solomon learned most of what he knew about fathering and parenting from his father, David, who had a heart after. after God's own heart. Solomon wrote several books in the Bible, and one of them was the book of Proverbs. Not everything in Proverbs is Solomon, but uh, the the majority of what we have about parenting in the Bible is preserved for us in the book of Proverbs, 31 chapters. It is a script for fathers to teach their children. The reason we know that is 23 different times Solomon used a two-word phrase in Proverbs, my son, my son. He's communicating to his son. Here's the essential information that a son needs to know from his father. And so here's he, Solomon was a family man. He was, he was just concerned about parenting. He shot straight about parenting. And so this is what the song is about. Now, one of the things that's unique about this chapter is the number of metaphors and similes that are in it. Now, some of you just had a heart attack because you just remembered seventh grade English, right? So what's a metaphor? You remember how it takes a word and it, it's, it it attaches meaning to that by saying this is like that. And if you actually use the word like or as, it becomes a simile. You, you remember this. You passed seventh grade English. That's good. So there's a simile in here. Do you see it in verse four? Children are like arrows. Like arrows In the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And so here's what we're going to learn over the next four weeks. Children are like arrows in the hand of a what? So parents are like Warriors. warriors. It mentions unless the Lord builds the house. Now, he's not talking about brick and mortar. The house is like... Family, like a home, right? He mentions a city in here. It says unless the Lord watches over a city, so the Lord is like a builder. The Lord is like a watchman. And the city is like a church. A lot of different homes coming together in the same place, operating kind of together in community. And so there's a lot of metaphors and similes. We're going to play that out over the next four weeks here. But I want you to notice, first of all, the first thing we learn from this is gospel-centered parents recognize that children are a blessing from the Lord. Do you see down, down there in uh, verse 5, the word is actually used, blessed. It means favored. It means you, you receive grace that is given even though you don't deserve any of it. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. Anybody here not wanna be blessed by God? I mean, like if I told you after the service today that we have a special little giveaway down in the hallway here, if you'll just stop by there, we have a special blessing from the Lord that you can receive Anybody race out of here to five guys before stopping off and getting the blessing from God? No, you, you were like, no, I, I want a blessing. I need every blessing I can get, right? Well, here's the deal. God says children are a blessing. That's another way to tell you don't forget to pick up your children at the end of the service, but <laughs> we receive what God graciously gives to us as a blessing. Our culture does not treat children as if they are a blessing. Our culture treats children as if they are a bother. That's why abortion is legal. If your child is going to be a bother to you, then let's just make sure we eliminate him before he arrives. And that's one of the reasons that we don't do a good job parenting is because we don't really understand what God is doing in giving us this blessing in our children. Why are children a blessing? First of all, because children teach us how to respond to the good news of Jesus Christ. One day, Jesus was uh, traveling through town, and there was a group of parents that brought their children to Jesus. And the disciples stepped in between and said, oh, Jesus wouldn't want to be bothered by a bunch of dirty, stinky, smelly, rotten kids because Jesus, he spends time with the more important people. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me. Because God has a heart for children. Jesus had a heart for children. And then he went on to explain why he wanted those little children to come to him. He says this in Mark 10, verse 15. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. Children are a blessing because they teach you how to receive the kingdom of God. There are things about God and God's kingdom that you will never even comprehend until or unless you are a parent until you welcome children, until you spend time with children, until you understand the helplessness of children. That's the helplessness with which we come into the kingdom. You don't get in the kingdom as long as you think you are sufficient and can help yourself. You have to come like a child. See, there's another simile there. You must be like a child. A child. And that's why children are blessings. They show us how to respond to the gospel. Notice what Jesus did next. He took them, he embraced them, he brought them closer to him. Rather than creating distance from them, he drew them closer in his arms and he blessed them. He communicated value to them. He communicated a vision to them for godliness, and he laid his hands on them. How often do you do that as a parent? So all oh, my two kids are grown now. Yeah, you gotta chase them down and tackle them to do this now. They used to do it when they were little. Now you gotta go and initiate it yourself. And so to take them in your arms communicates you are not a bother to me. If I were to interview your children and say, be honest, do your parents think you're a bother or a blessing? What would they say? And what tangible evidence would they give? Would it look like this story of Jesus drawing them to him? Or would it look like the disciples trying to keep their distance from the children? And so we need to receive our children as a blessing. That's the reason that God gives them to us. Number two, children are a blessing because children are God's plan to ensure the gospel outlives the parents. You understand that unless we pass the baton of the gospel to our children, there's no hope for the next generation. The only reason that we're 2,000 years into the story of the new testament church is because somebody in the last generation passed the gospel on to us we're just one generation of parents failing in their responsibility to disciple their children and children are a blessing because they're going to be the ones to fulfill the great commission to the next generation and thirdly children are a blessing because children are god's tool to build parents Some of you are like, oh, I'm so glad we're getting this series. I really want to learn how to fix my kids. I want to learn how to build my kids. Go. I'm I'm ready to take notes. Wait, 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 wait. Before we talk about how God uses parents to build children, we need to learn how God uses children to build parents.
0: And we'll hear more reasons that children are a blessing next week on Resonate. Well, that was Pastor Trent Griffith from Gospel City Church shooting straight about gospel-centered parenting. Behold, children are- our exciting days at our church, we've now transitioned from being known as Harvest Bible Chapel to our new name, Gospel City Church. So why Gospel City? Well, first of all, because we're all about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. If we don't get the gospel right, nothing else can be right either. And we're Gospel City because Jesus calls us to light up the darkness around us, just like a city that's set on a hill. Would you like to experience Gospel City Church? The place to start is by visiting us for a worship service. Our website has all the details for how you can do that. Just go to mygospelcity.org. Again, go to mygospelcity.org for more information about service times and where we're located. So have you ever noticed that little ones think the world revolves around them? Wait, scratch the hat. Little ones think the universe revolves around them. You say, not my little angel. Well, what happens to your little angel if Junior doesn't get his way? We'll see what kind of angel he is. Next week, Pastor Trent gives a lot of great tips for gospel-centered parenting. I hope you'll listen in. Well, thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's word would resonate in your heart this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Gospel City Church. Visit us online at mygospelcity.org.